Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Today, we continue our discussion on servant leadership, the nine qualities of a servant leader, and we're talking about quality number three. And quality number three about servant leadership is this, a servant leader develops other leaders. But let's just think about servant leadership. Servant leadership is different than the traditional form of leadership. It's not top-down. It's not authoritarian. It's not the military style of leadership. I love what Dave Ramsey says about servant leadership. He says, the only real leadership is servant leadership. Everything else is just a boss. The only real leadership is servant leadership. Marshall Goldsmith also says this. He says, to help others develop, start with yourself. When the boss acts like a little god and tells everyone else they need to improve, that behavior can be copied at every level of management. Every level then points out how the level below it needs to change. And the end result is no one gets much better. Servant leader develops other leaders. It starts with developing yourself as a leader and then helping to develop other people. Servant leaders are never satisfied until others around them are learning, are developing, and becoming leaders. I think of it as the replication factor, right? It means you're teaching others to lead. You're providing opportunities for growth and you're demonstrating by example. It means the leader is not the one that is always leading. The leader will consciously give up power, deputize somebody else, and let that person lead. Often that's difficult. Often that's a struggle for some leaders. Kind of they're wired that way. They want to do things. They want to take control. They've often gotten to that part in their career where if I'm the leader, I want to have the power. I want to exert my influence. I want to make the decision. The buck stops here is the famous quote. But often a servant leader will realize that it takes more energy, more time to let others lead, try, fail, and learn. I contrast the two leadership styles in this way. There's a servant leader and a superhuman leader. Think about the superhuman leader. They can do almost anything. They can solve all sorts of problems. They're always working. But here's the thing. If that superhuman leader, which we've all seen, sick, unavailable, busy with another problem, what happens? Absolutely nothing. All progress stops because we have to wait for that person to make the decision, that person to make the right action, the person who tells us the right way to act. That does not create healthy environments. I watched one manager operate that way. He was afraid, I think, of losing his job. And because of that fear, he wanted to make sure that every decision came to his desk. He wanted to make sure he was indispensable. He wanted to make sure that nothing could happen in a meeting but for the fact that he was there. And if he couldn't attend, the meeting was always canceled. That was his strategy, right? If he was important to every little issue, how could the organization possibly be without him? And so the people working for him were the most part, they were stuck. They were stuck in a, a prison of his own making. They couldn't learn. They couldn't develop. They couldn't grow. They couldn't experience all that was possible. Contrast that with a servant leader. A servant leader is empowering others. A servant leader does not want a culture of micromanagement. A servant leader realizes that the initial investment in teaching 
pays dividends when the organization has strong leaders at every level. This is a very important quality of servant leadership. Servant leaders develop other leaders. So as I talk about that today, we are joined by our expert panel that needs no introduction because they are carrying over from the last incredible podcast. And that is we have Jennifer Collins, who makes workplaces great, who makes every room happier and better and more efficient and productive. We'll add some more things to it. You That's can right. Healthier. Healthier, That's, happier, That's right. better, more efficient, richer. What else could we add? She's superhuman. Superhuman, but she's not the superhuman not, leader. She's a right. servant leader. There you go. And adding to that already, Tammy, Tammy Spade, who is already declaring Jennifer superhuman. Tammy also often seems superhuman herself because of the amount that she gets done. She's an executive in a number of different areas. And I'll talk about a little controversy coming up. And then there's Drew Bordis. Drew Bordis, who is an operations executive I've worked with for a number of years. And he is talking about this a topic today, in fact. He was already throwing it across to our Ohio State, the Ohio State representative, Tammy Spade, who says that uh, she understands and is going to give us a quick, we're going to just side, side from the developing other leaders to talk about the Ohio State University and this, this legal action they have to trademark the word the or the. Is it the or the? I think it's the. 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 So they're as they're, in the most ridiculous news story <laughs> recently. Well, I did see the University of Michigan's response on Twitter. I don't. Did you see that? I mean, I it, was, did. it was classic, right? With a big of, right? Yes. So yes. Um, I think that that said it yeah. all. So. Although I shared with my Michigan colleagues the small M in that Twitter post with the big of, and I thought the small M, the little teeny tiny M, was indicative perhaps of their ranking or performance over the past few years in the big rivalry game, so. She took a negative and turned it into a positive like that. That's servant leadership right there? That's servant leadership. Well, servant leaders develop other leaders. They replicate themselves. They realize that leadership is about creating leaders throughout the organization to help lead. That is the way the leading organizations work in the world. And that is how it works. So we're going to talk about this uh, discussion of servant leadership, and we're going to talk about how servant leaders develop other leaders and this, this form of servant leadership. Why is developing other leaders so very important? Why do you think it's important, Tammy? Well, I think you, you alluded to this earlier. First of all, if you're not developing other leaders and you have a team of any size, you aren't able to perform when you as a leader or the leader isn't, isn't there, isn't available, isn't accessible. Um, I mean, I think of servant leadership as, as a bit of a 360-degree picture with much more side-by-side -side leadership, um, more of a partnership than it is telling from the top, although there certainly are times when that's necessary. And there's also some, you know, position where the servant leader pushes someone on their team out ahead of them, and they adopt a more, um, I don't want to say subservient, but they adopt 
a more passive position and really are coaching from, from the sideline. It's much more of a coaching style. It is. And when we speak about uh, that and coaching styles, how do you develop that coaching style? So some managers will have a certain style. They may be focused on productivity. They may be focused on getting the work done. And they're not always cognizant of the fact that the real work of leadership isn't necessarily just getting the target hit. It's teaching and training and mentoring those people to do it when you're not there. How do you help people and equip them with that mindset? Because I find it to be rare. Well, and I think I think you re- reframe what your goals are because you know I I as we have talked about ad nauseum on this podcast I like efficiency and scalability and things like that and I find when you're looking at what you're trying to accomplish as a team right versus just me you can cover more ground if you have a group of leaders and you don't have to be in every meeting and you can divide and conquer and say look I'm going to go handle this over here I don't need to be in the meeting with finance you knock that out and then let's sync up afterward versus looking at it as it's got to be my own personal productivity that makes everything happen. So I think just looking at it from a different point of view and saying as a team, what can we accomplish? It helps that come along. I agree. I think it's a very inclusive approach to leading things. You know, it's we're all in this together. These are our collective goals. These are things we need to accomplish, not just myself or my team, but an organization. It's what are we trying to achieve as an organization? Let's kind of cascade that down. And there, there's so much more. It's, it's not just about what you're ab- achieving through those objectives. It's who you're becoming, you know, through achieving those objectives. And so that's the kind of coaching is here's what we can do. Here's where we can go. We're in this together. Let's let's do this. Not you do this or you do that. Let's do this together. I love let's go do it, not you go do it. Yes. It's so good. Or worse, I'm going to do it all. And uh, then the team's just kind of floating. Let's contrast that. I was talking about the superhuman leader. Let's talk about micromanagement because servant leaders are the opposite of the micromanager. Think about somebody that you've worked for. Don't don't look at me either. I'm definitely not you're, you're not that. That's yeah. not, I'm a lot of things. Yeah. I'm definitely not We're that. We're in a bad place when you're, when you're doing that. Yeah. And me too. Yeah. But think about someone you know who you've either worked for or you've seen who's a micromanager. What what is that team like? What is that environment like? Just think about that environment and that person. What would you describe that as? I mean lack lack of trust comes to mind quickly for me. Like you don't trust me to to get it done or I don't trust you. I've got to double check everything you do even though you're the expert. That's I mean that's the first thing I think of. I personally think that micromanaging styles are among the most damaging to a team and really to a business because of the trust issue that you just that you just mentioned, but also because you don't get anything from that team. You only get what you request and what you're checking and verifying. So there's a lack of creativity. There's a lack of trust. There's a lack of innovation. And it's really more of a fear-based team in in my experiences having you know thought about some of the leaders I've had throughout the years no one here of course um, but in the past micromanaging is one of the hardest um, people you mentioned inclusion Jennifer and we can't be good at everything there is no one who is superhuman right. 
maybe except for Jennifer. But we can't be good at everything. So you have to rely on the strengths of the team. It really is a team element. It's, it's difficult to work for someone who micromanages. Yeah, and I think it's not, you know, it, it, if you're speaking about the fear from the team perspective, but there's also got to be some kind of a fear from even that manager's perspective because there's so much to be said about being able to let go, you know, and to be able to trust. And really, you're you're the person leading those folks and coaching them and mentoring, so you should trust that you've taught them enough to be able to let them handle those. So a servant leader empowers others, opposite of micromanagement, but that's not always so easy to do. It's sometimes you're pressed. We're, we're, let's just admit it. We're always pressed, right? I mean, you're just always pressed today. We don't have the bandwidth to say, let's take three extra weeks to make sure you're up to speed. And we're going to spend three days going through the theory. And then we're going to look at practical applications in the marketplace. If there's a place like that, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Instead, we have to get it done. We have to get it done. We have some crazy CEO who's saying speed, speed, speed. We got to get it done. I don't know who that would be. But it's just familiar. You know, getting it done and and moving on to the next thing is critically important for success. And yet, there's the power of teaching, and there's the power of learning together. There's the power of empowering others. But I think those things are directly at odds with each other. And so you're constantly pulling to get it done. And all of us have had the thing going. No, you know what? It's easier for me to just do it myself. And sit down and bang it out. And I know all of us here have done that. And that's a struggle, right? To say, no, how can I balance that and switch it in the right direction? How do you deal with that as an executive, that struggle between those two things personally? Have you had times when it's been off balance more than others? And what's that like? How do you feel? Well, I'm thinking of a, a recent example. It comes from parenting. Um, sometimes there are great applications to the work environment. We were on a vacation, two families, 10 people. Kids are mostly adults. And the other mother and I said, you know what? Instead of us cooking every meal in the evening, we're going to create a competition for the adult children. And we're going to split them into two groups. And they're going to cook a meal. And then we're going to have, you know, sort of a chopped kind of panel of judges. Nice. Wow. You know, so you're watching them create their menus, do the shopping, um, and not trying to jump in. And um, in a couple cases, you know, we, we didn't have a fire necessarily, but <laughs> we, we did have a few really edgy moments where we thought, okay, we, we might need to get out a fire extinguisher. <laughs> we might need to quick call, you know, take out because that one bag of shrimp isn't going to feed 10 people. So it was hard not to jump in, but um, we were able to able to get through it. We didn't starve. Obviously, we're here. Um, yeah. And Anybody and I, clever enough to just order out from a restaurant? No one ordered out. No no one ordered out. They, they could have done that. They yeah. could have pulled their resources and perhaps taken us out. But it was they, they're still talking about it. So I think there were a lot of lessons learned there. But I think in the, in the work environment, you have to be able to choose a project that's a really good fit for that person and a good fit for their goals and their stretch. You have to have time because sometimes it does take double or triple time, as in the example I just shared. You know, it took them a lot more time to do something we might have done more easily. And you have to be willing to coach. You can't just sort of 
set sail and say, you know, good luck. I, I hope that goes well for you. Well, and I, that's, that's where my head was. I, I just had a conversation about this actually with somebody on my team. Um, I think in those situations where maybe you are the, the only one in the room that has a subject matter expertise, but you're trying to grow it in somebody else, you need to establish just more frequent check-ins. It, it can't just be, hey, I'm going to empower you and you better read my mind and do it exactly like I would do it. Good luck. But maybe you find a way for them to be comfortable sharing drafts with your iterations or brainstorm a little more frequently than you would some of your other um, opportunities where, you know, everybody kind of knows what they're doing a little bit better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's a great point. And I think for me personally, it's almost more of a challenge after that happened, knowing it could happen again, but being able to have that restraint to still with that person yes. and with that project, do it all over again and continue coaching. And like you said, check in more often, but knowing it could always happen because it can always happen. So the bigger challenge for me is after it happens, knowing it could happen again and, and just n- not letting it go there. So with your example, Tammy, did you let the next group then cook the next night? Yes. Mm-hmm. One night and then the other night. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. proud of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was hard not to jump in. And in a couple cases, we we did help them so that, you know, something wasn't wasted or something wasn't going completely awry. But I really like this idea and I'd like to bring it into the workplace. I think it'd be great. I would like to have a, a cook-off. Cook-off. Like that. Perfect. So let's park that idea. All right. Lead, leaders develop other leaders. The other thing is it's not always the leader. And this is what I think is wonderful about team leadership and being more effective and efficient, right? So the leader, if they're arrogant, thinks I'm the only one who can teach and empower and and do those things. And yet that's often not the case. We can look at our team and say, I'd like for you to visit with this person because you're an expert on this. Could you help share that? I'd like to have that practice that you're using in Europe come to America or vice versa because... There's other people who are experts in what they do. They've experienced it. They've fallen. They've gotten back up. So it's creating that environment where that's okay and facilitating those transactions or relationships so that you're tapping into the organization at all different points and saying, could you help that? And I think about fantastic sports teams, right? If you see someone with a a second or third quarterback, it's that same thing. It's not just bench strength if the quarterback's injured. It's also this development of other leaders. They're learning when they're doing it. They're also more mindful about getting those questions, right? When you pass this way, what does that mean? How did you do that? You hit this pocket. What All of those questions, all of a sudden, they're, they're thinking a little bit more and then empowering somebody else. But it's not the coach, right? The coach wouldn't necessarily be the expert on that part of the game. It may be somebody else. So it's it's empowering and developing a culture where everybody is coming together to empower other leaders. Well, and I think, you know, you're not you're not trying to make a bunch of clones of yourself, right? If you have a good diverse team, you start to recognize where everybody's different background, their experience, their skill sets, their strengths um, kind of complement each other and play into it. So you can when that backup quarterback comes in, you might change the playbook a little bit to say, you know what? we're going to do this because he's really good at this uh, versus what the the starter was. It's the same thing on your teams. You know, you can say, hey, you, you, I want you to do the stretch assignment. I'm not saying you have to do it exactly like I would do it. I think I want you to bring this strength of yours, and but you've got a gap here, and let's let's fill it. 
Well, the truth in leadership today, particularly as you evolve as a leader, is everything is so highly specialized. Technology has developed so much that it's unlikely that you as the leader have done most of what your team has done. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And so, I I mean, what Skip's really described, I think, is a learning culture, a culture that values learning. I learn every day from the people that I work with in that 360-degree realm, you know, people I'm reporting to, people I'm peers with, people who are working on my teams. And I'm sure I learn more than I impart on on a regular basis. I doubt that, but. That's just so nice. (laughs) That's like the one nice thing he said during the podcast so far. Oh, my gosh. It is. We are, you know, just like the cooking competition, we're keeping score that mm-hmm. of how many positives he, he gives mm-hmm. you. Can I just play to my strengths? Yeah, but Jennifer yeah. already has it in this advanced <laughs> spreadsheet so That's that we right. can do it's some. It's color-coded. Yes. Yep, so, conditional formatting. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Very, very unique. And we can patent that and sell it to others. So I started off, I was talking about Marshall Goldsmith's quote, to help others develop, start with yourself. It's also not something that people think, but as you're developing other leaders, what programs and how do you make sure that you have a plan? Most leaders don't, right? They look at their year and they think, I just have to do this and that and this and that. And and, and the calendar kind of dictates to me what happens. Having a proactive leadership development plan for yourself is crucial. First of all, it helps others know that they should emulate it. But what are you learning, right? What are you reading? What are you developing? What are you listening to? Having a constant cycle of development. One of the reasons why I blog at skipritchard.com and podcast now at Aim Higher is because it is constantly helping me develop. And uh, that self, and I may surround myself, I might join an organization or a group where I'm surrounding myself with people who are incredible. Iron sharpens iron. So, how can I get the very best? to help me uh, aspire to, to be more. So complacency, right, is the opposite of self-development because if you're satisfied, I'm never complacent. I know that never. some of you may never, wish I Never, never, never. But how do you get better for the customer? How do you get more efficient? How do you get more effective? And how can you be more impactful? And how do you understand people better? I mean, there's so many things to study in this art of working with people and becoming effective and productive, it's never ending. So how do you develop this culture of learning and how do you start with yourself? What what about here in this room? What do you do when you're looking at yourself and developing plans for you? What steps do you take? Well, I I mean, I do. I know this is going to sound a bit self-serving, but I listen to a podcast almost every day. On, either on the way to work or on the way home, sometimes both. Um, for me, listening to people, you know, maybe I'm an auditory learner, I don't know, but listening to conversation is something that helps me as I think about integrating those things. Early on in, in my career, when I didn't know how to do something, I just found someone who did know how to do it, and I watched them. Sometimes I would go talk to them. A Sherpa that's been there. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And just say, you know, what? How, how do you do this? How did you approach this? At a certain point in my career, I decided I didn't want to continue in the kind of role I was in. So I did some assessment testing and identified three careers that were good fits for me. And I went and Let talked guess, to someone. Marketing, facilities, and HR. <laughs> it's like a roadmap she followed. Wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong. It's funny how your greatest plans aren't always yeah. matched. It's so right? true. Yes. yes, yes. Many are the plans we make, That's right? That's right. 
Yeah. Do, what do you do for self-development? I do the same thing. I, I listen to podcasts. I'm also, you know, the auditory learner. But I try to think of when I made that transition in my career because my background was in consulting. And that is, you know, here's data. You present it to a client. And then when I made the transition to work for the employer side, and there's this whole new aspect, which is the human behavior, which you don't really have to deal with as much when you're consulting. Doesn't fit in your spreadsheet, does it? It doesn't. There's no, it's not a zero. It's not a one. It's Tell me like about it. Work would be great, B. except for the people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was, that was probably the biggest thing I, I wanted to do to learn and grow in my career. And, and it, really the transition into a leadership role was just trying to hone in on that human behavior and understanding it and learning from it and getting that people aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's a constant thing. I, I have a list of things that I want to learn all the time, and I'm always figuring them out. So, you know, you know and I think as, as you grow in a leader, I think it changes, too, from maybe earlier in your career where it's task and skill. It's very tangible. I'd, I'd like to learn how to program in that language. I'd like to do a project like that. And maybe for me, I think it becomes more um, the leadership style of you give a presentation. Did it Did it come across right? Did you get the messages out you wanted to give out? Um, you maybe not, didn't handle, handle a situation the way you wanted to. And it's, it's a little harder to, to wrap your arms around, oh, I need to get better at this. It's not quite as tangible. So I find you just need to kind of take a breath and, and with a little dose of humility and, and just say, okay, that, that didn't go how I wanted it to go. Who can I talk to that, that could help me with that situation? Or was I not in a good mood then? I mean, it's, it can be anything like that. That's 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 the shift I've noticed. Self-reflection yes. more. Yep. And that's the best way to learn, I think, if you're constantly thinking, okay, what, what do I need to do in terms of those blind spots? To me, it's also always important. I'm always telling people in my sessions with people is, what are your greatest strengths? And do you have a plan to get even better at them? Because it's our strengths that really make us unique and yes. really drive mm -hmm. us forward. And so I've had people, you know, when, I was, when I was really early in my career, and speaking of your favorite uh, programs, Excel spreadsheets, I would put on my development plan, Excel. Excel. And When did you give that up? Yeah. <laughs> You're I one. would keep it there. <laughs> I would keep it there. And finally, I had a boss who said, you know, you always put this down, but you don't do anything about it. And I said, no, that's not true. I've excelled in all of my goals. <laughs> um, you think I'm talking about the program. I'm talking about Excel. <laughs> right. And I realized, you know what? There's a difference. I'm going to hire someone who's an expert in Excel. It is not something I want to master. That's right. And so how do you find, but, but instead I'm going to work on me, I'm going to develop things for me. So uh, it may be like right now, uh, get even better at public speaking and people say, well, you're really good at it. How can I get better? That's a strength or, um, I'm trying right now to master Instagram. This is a big thing, right? So Twitter is a big thing for me. I love Twitter. I am always tweeting and I think it's fabulous. That's Skip Pritchard. Fabulous to tweet all the time. But I don't really know Instagram. And the younger people, I talked to the interns or my daughter's age in the 20s, they're not anywhere else, right? They're on Instagram. And if you're not on Instagram, I'm thinking, well, you know, I should master Instagram and I should do more with YouTube. So Instagram and YouTube are my kind of areas where I'm trying to emerge. Why do I do it? I, I do it because I just want to learn. How do I connect? What's, what's, what's 
happening there? Why is that good? It's, what's the technology? How is it used? How can I be effective at it? What's more effective? Why are people drawn to it? Because leadership is influence. And if you're not where those people are, you're not influencing them. And so how can you uh, continually develop yourself? So it's, it's interesting to work with each person and yourself and say, what is your development plan? So I always love to talk to people about their development plans, share my development plans. And you might learn from somebody else's where you say, wow, I didn't think about that. Or they might be in a class and you're like, can I go with you uh, online? The learning online now is incredible, right? You my know wife I, walks by, by the way, and she listens to me on these um, classes. Because I'm, I'm, I've excelled the speed so fast. <laughs> and she's like, what in the world is wrong with you? <laughs> but I like to listen to him fast because speed, speed, speed. We got to get it done. I think something something you said struck with me. Um, making the professional development plans personal with your teams, and, and I don't mean personal issues. I just mean names. I, I think helps helps me make it more tangible for the whole group to not just say, "Hey, we should have professional development plans for your teams." But no, what what are we doing for Jennifer? She has these specific skills. She's got these things we we think she should develop. What are we doing for her? Because Jennifer be doesn't need anything. Well, I was using her as superhuman. Safe She's example superhuman. <laughs> in the in the room. She's the superhuman yeah. su superhuman servant leader, right? <laughs> All of and, those and things. Excel master. Yes. <laughs> yes, I think we determined that. Yes. Yeah. Would, Another thing that you had mentioned that struck me too was because you talk about the strengths and when you're with your team and you you want to say, okay, what are your strengths? How do we capitalize on that? How can I help you develop? But then for me, I do the reversal. I say, where am I not strong? Right. What are you not getting from me? You know, what, and, and that's another thing for me, learning to grow as a leader is let me know how I'm not helping you so that I can work on those areas. I do that too. And then I say, so, so you can learn uh, what you're not going to get and figure out how to cope. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I got over that. I asked my team, what am I doing great? It just, it fixed the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it fixed, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the opposite of developing other leaders, right? Well, you've described a curiosity too, Skip, and and that's that's you. I mean, that's part of your personality. I'm curious about Instagram. By the way, free crash course. Come over to our house. Teenagers will show you exactly how to do it. And wherever we go, they leave. So so they were on Facebook. Parents went there. They departed. Parents are moving to Instagram. They're starting to move over to you know Snapchat yeah. and TikTok and various other places. So. As soon as we master it, they move right on. But it's experience, right? That's that's the truth about leadership development is it's really much more experiential than it is formal learning. It, it is, and they do tend to move, and that's fine. It's not about mastering that program. It's really about connecting and learning yes. those different things. Yes. So it is, mm -hmm. But they all use it differently. Mm -hmm. That's what's so fascinating. But to me, you know, I'm always like, go to the library to learn this. They go to a hashtag, right? Exactly. So, you know, they'll find their way to the library when they need to, but they start with the hashtag. They start with the Google search. They start with their friends. Does anybody know? Has anybody done this? Whatever. It's, it's an interesting process. And to say, before you say that's not the way it's done, is to say, well, let me study. How do you do that? And, you know, what, what are you getting from that? Why do you do that? And learning that. Because empowering and developing other leaders is about understanding where they are and why they're doing what they're doing. Not just saying, this is the right way, because that's a form of micromanagement. It's really understanding who they are, what they're doing, why they're doing it. And you may find, I've found many times, well, that's more effective. I didn't realize that. 
there's a power to that that I was not tapping into. So I'm always curious to to do that. And I think a servant leader that develops other leaders is one that is constantly asking those questions and constantly looking for uh, the development in themselves and then watching those leaders develop and letting those leaders develop others. By the way, I love when a team has somebody master something and then that that person says, let me share with you all what I've learned and teach the whole group because what a much more effective way to learn when you have that expert. Do we have an Instagram expert here? No, they have to be like uh, 19. At, well, we we do have someone on the earlier end of, of uh, her career. Yes. If you have Instagram or YouTube tips, that's what I'm mastering. Send them in to me. I think our CIO might surprise you too. Does he use Instagram? Mm -hmm. See, there you go. Okay, so I'll be asking Bart that soon. Maybe we'll have a special Instagram edition of the podcast. <laughs> Learning podcasting, too, is a fun, fun It's thing. exactly where developing other leaders. I thought where that's where it was going to take us. You did. Right you to Instagram. Instagram, yeah. it would be. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Developing other leaders. Where are they? And what can you do to help them develop? I think it's in a very, very important topic. And developing a culture where that is acceptable and not always just focusing on the outcomes. And that's the important thing about management and leadership is not just the outcome, but let's talk about how you got there and who learned along the way, right? <laughs> You're making a thing. It feels a little icky to me. It's right. Like, yeah. Like, get, but get the outcome. <laughs> I just want the outcome. I just want the yeah. goal. I want to I get there nicely, but, but get there. But much more effective when you have everybody on, on that path and learning from each other and developing in a way that... You can go. I, I mean, it's much more impactful as a leader. If you can walk away, you were saying, don't look at your own efficiency, but the team efficiency, right? right? The team efficiency is so much higher if you can walk away and someone else can step in for you. Maybe not as great, but still. I would like to be able to take a vacation. You would like yeah. to take a vacation. No, no. I mean, can't. Same time, I, same time a, as you. This is a vacation. Yeah, same time <laughs> as you. I believe in the power of vacation. Well, th thank you, panel, for talking about this great topic of developing other leaders. It is a healthy environment. It is not the superhuman leadership style. It's all about servant leadership. And we look forward to learning from each other, learning from you. And if you have a tip or a comment that you want to send in to us, we'd love to hear how you're developing other leaders. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.